Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Good morning, patrons. Yeah, I know it's Monday, but not much we can do about it now, is there? The answer is no. An emphatic no. So welcome to it, and welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Oh, man, you don't know how much I need this. And here's who will be joining us for today's festivities. At 7.15 this morning, it's our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett, from UWBadgers.com. And at 7.45, J.P. Kinoy. From Spectrum Sports. And now, let's get to it. Alongside our resident RV, Rob Vogel, he's back and he's a jackass. Uh, Wait a minute. I mean, he's back and he's jacked. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. Close enough, Eddie boy. Close enough. I am back. The hack is back. He's jacked. Indeed. Indeed. Great vacation. I want to thank my wife, Peggy. I want to thank Rogue Official and his wife, Sherry, for a terrific time. But I'm back, and I'm back to be your hack. To my left, per usual, when I am back, and when he's accommodating, would be Rob Vogel, 2Bs1L. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Uh, I'm looking around the studio, and hmm. I don't see any extra bottles of wine sitting here. Dr. J, Drink it you know? Yeah, Dr. Who? No gifts? Where, yeah. Gentle Ben on the... No, oh, that's not Gentle no. Ben. I'm a doctor, not a decorator. Yeah. It's Joel. <laughs> you go to, Joel. I'm in on a Monday, everybody. You go to wine country, you should be bringing back some bottles for the boys in the studio, don't you think? No, I mean, I think that's just pretty much accepted, yeah. I brought back some empty bottles. Oh, there are oh, some empty thanks, bottles thanks. with their signature logos on those empty bottles, but I'm not going to share those with you either. We can smell the cork, I guess. Absolutely. You can smell something in here. It's probably me trying to dry out. But while, while you're gone, me. too, we didn't. We had a we had a made a slight change to Fritter Friday that you'll need to know about for what upcoming Fridays. You didn't make it healthy. Uh, no, 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 no. We made it much worse. What is that? Easier for Bill, but worse for all of our um, digestive systems. And I want to thank systems. Bill Johnson for subbing. Bill will be here on Thursday. Yes. Subbing for you. Yep. Uh, but what, what's the difference? What's what's going on? Well, uh, Bill said... The cat leaves the house yeah, and all exactly. the little rats The explanation the we got from Bill was, uh, was that wherever he stopped into, whatever convenience store in the morning, didn't have fritters. Oh, yeah, right. Lame. That is lame. Well, you're the one who just told us before you left about whatever place that says you're the only person who buys fritters there. They save and order them just for me. So they stopped making as many of them. Uh, Well, so what he found was... Wouldn't this story be better saved for Friday? uh, No, no, because right off the bat, I'm hungry. And I forgot to have breakfast. I'm starving, We didn't get any wine from you, so we're going with this anyway. And it was in my head because... I don't know where it was, but I saw a commercial about fritters over the weekend when watching sports, and it, it talked about fritters. I'm like, 
hey, this isn't the only place in the so, world. So, that what I've did heard. you have on Friday? What, what would you call them, Joel? What would, they're, they're old fashioned kind of donuts. Yeah, just kind of regular old donuts. school donuts. What do you mean old fashioned? Well, donuts. you get them in the box, and in this case, I think he bought them by you know look like they came from Costco from the bulk. And by the way, if Bill is listening, we are very grateful that you brought something. In, yeah, whatever. to be fair, uh, he being the new guy to the show brought us donuts on a Friday. Right. We, the two guys who have been here for a little <laughs> while, decided nah, forget it. Not. We're now going to complain about. We ate them. I mean, I hate them. Do. I don't know if Doctor J. Oh, I hate too. Okay. Yeah, uh, but they're you know the they're the slightly glazed donuts. You can get them chocolate or they're kind um, of cakey. Yeah, you know, like slightly, you get a slightly, like you need slightly a, glazed. As yeah. George Carlin would say, slightly pregnant. Exactly. Well, because that means they're cheap. I'm trying to say that they're the cheap version of the donuts, the kind where you feel like. Man, these are pretty doughy and dry. I need about a, a gallon of milk to wash this thing So he down. brought in milk, too? No, he didn't. That was part of the problem. So, so what's got... your issue here? Well, they, one, that they were not technically fritters, so we've changed Fritter Friday into Old Fashioned Donut Friday, well, that's, I guess. That's over. That, <laughs> that era is done with. <laughs> it's history. All right, so another 1,000 reasons to hate Joe Buck. Huh? Oh, well, no. Another 1,000 reasons to hate Joe Buck. What do you mean, what? Or why? Why? What did he do to you yesterday? Oh my goodness! He's already been doing the golf, so this isn't new. He's been. Where's a Brett of years Musburger ago. when we need someone to say inappropriate things <laughs> about a lady? Where is Brett when we need him? Instead, we have Joe Buck misidentifying. Oh yes, yeah. Brooks Kepka's girlfriend. You don't think that's a big deal? Now, I was at the... How would you like to be Becky Edwards, sitting at home, uh-huh. family surrounding Becky Edwards, and you hear your name being tossed aside like that? Now, the whole world knows that he left you. Th- that one was because I The had, whole world knows it. I had the volume on, but I had some... I was at the in-laws, so I could only partially hear, and, and, and I heard then the discussion go on about talking about Brad Faxon saying that's the new girlfriend. So I missed the part. So he identified who was uh, Brooks's old oh, girlfriend. Oh, so you weren't even who's back. watching when this I took would, part. No, I was watching. I just couldn't fully hear the first part of it because ah. I then heard the... Well, you've heard of Joe Buck, haven't you? What, I have heard what, of what Joe What do Buck, most yes. Wisconsin fans think of Joe Buck and why? Why do, why do they hate Joe Buck so much? Oh. Do you have that line? <laughs> Apparently I forgot to look that one You up. didn't get that no. one, so never <laughs> mind. <laughs> that right. is a disgusting act. That was, yeah. a, pretty good, that was a pretty good invitation. Yeah. My right. bad. I will do that. All right, so you've got Brooks Kepka coming off the 18th, gets a nice smooch from his girlfriend, and Joe identifies said girlfriend as Becky Edwards, who's a former soccer player at Florida State, now a pro soccer player, I think, with the Orlando Pride. The only problem was it. Then it wasn't Becky Edwards. It was Jenna Sims, Miss Georgia Teen USA 2007. Oh, boy. His new girlfriend. Okay. All right? Now, she's starred in a couple of movies, too. I'm sure you're unaware of this as well. I, of course I'm unaware of this, but I'm glad our research department worked on this. A couple of movies? <laughs> By the way, isn't Rob usually the relationship guy? I, I, yes. I Where's the music? For him. Where's the Entertainment well, listen, Tonight music for this? We're less than 10 minutes into this show, <laughs> and, our, and you both already have dropped the ball. You, no. I asked for the one Joe Buck cut. Run, there it is. Oh, now I'm just trying to get it live here. Is a disgusting. There we go. Solved it. And then you, you're our, 
your our TMZ reporter. Right, right. Of course, if it doesn't involve Aaron Rodgers, I guess you don't care. No, I had who's while he was gone. There was some other relationship thing I was on some news that <sighs> I was updating on. Oh, oh, was I know it Fowler. No, it was, yes, thank you. I, I, that's what I just said. It was Ricky Fowler. I was all over the situation of who his girlfriend okay, is. Another celebrity sighting for you. Right, exactly. Very so I, that's why I'm so sensation. surprised that Jenna Sims didn't hold your attention well, a little I, bit longer. As I said, I got into the conversation. Then when I heard that Buck kind of making fun of Brad Faxon for being all over the relationship news and knowing about Brooks Kepka, so I just missed the first line out of him misidentifying. Well, <laughs> Jenna Sims has five movie credits. Oh boy, believe it or not, uh, five. Okay. And I looked him up. Yeah. And one of them, uh, she was, I think, the lead actress. Let's see, I'll look in the movie called "Attack of the Fifty Foot Cheerleader," a three D. <laughs> and this is the truth. I'm not making this up. Look, this is no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm not making it up. I think I've heard of that movie. Believe it or not, it was so. directed by Kevin O'Neill, not the former Marquette coach. I'm assuming could be knowing Kevin. Um, but it's a 3D produced by Roger Corman. We all know of him, of course. 1999 film, Attack. It's a, it's a, it's an update of the 1995 film, Attack of the 60-foot centerfold. Do you remember that one, Joe? Uh, no. Oh. No, I don't. She's 10 feet taller and a centerfold she, as opposed to a cheerleader. So Jenna plays Cassie Stratford. Wow. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I, I'm actually, I looked it up just to double check him here. No, I'm just, I didn't, how can you make up... Someone starring in a movie called The Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. It's maybe not her most ridiculous credit, though. No, because she was also <laughs> she was also cast in the movie The Three-Headed Shark Attack. <laughs> what a sharks on this. But for all this talking about her, where she was yesterday was sitting on her couch at home, possibly watching Brooks Kepka, right? No, this we're talking about that's Jenna the new, Sims. That's the, the new one. Yes. Who's the old you one? Are, I thought you were talking about the old one. My goodness, Rob. Who's get the up old to one? Sp- Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Jackie Edwards, the okay. soccer player, oh, was soccer sitting player at home mourning the right. loss. Are you guys ready for the right, the, the best player. credit of her? I don't right. know if you wrote if you got this or not, but uh, the best one. It's it's in pre production for 2017. Here, uh, let's see, Sharknado Five, which four oh, hasn't even four oh, hasn't even come out yet, yes. but Sharknado Five, global swarming. Nice. Yeah. Now, well, she's moving in the right direction with her career. Oh, so what did you think? Sure. So what did and you hitched th- her wagon to Brooks Kepka. So what did you think about the uh, Fox coverage of the U.S. Open? Just drop more, me a line. Let me just wait, drop wait, me wait. a line at Lucas at Large tw- <laughs> Twitter. Lucas at Large. What did you think of the Fox coverage of the U.S. Open? I thought it sucked per usual. <laughs> oh, I boy. could not tell who was talking to me other than Joe Buck. Now wait a minute. Let's go back. So this happens, misidentifying the girlfriend. Yes. First, if you're a Florida State soccer player girlfriend at home, how are you feeling about this? Terrible. That's Becky Edwards. That's, how I are painted you feeling that if picture. You're Sims and who is Jenna somebody, Sims doesn't care. Uh, how do you think that all went down? Was it just facts and on the air that quickly correct him? Was yes. there a producer in his ear correcting him? Did he get that information originally from a producer? Because I. I It'd be surprising me that Joe Buck had that info on his own ready to go. I don't know how Fox handles such things, 
you always prepare for the winner walking off the 18th either to his wife right. or, or his girlfriend. Or so it, you should probably have some intel on both. Or and uh, or maybe sometimes to his wife and his girlfriend, depending on your character. Right. And maybe they're both there waiting the, and for And the you. one other one that you have to have for uh, the U.S. Open is because it traditionally ends on Father's Day. You have to have info about the story and, and who old is man his father there. because his dad wasn't there in this case. But there's a great story about it. He didn't get his dad a Father's Day card. So he told in the post, you know, in all his interviews after the round, hope this makes up for Captain it, Dad. Jay, can you believe how we just left this boy in the dust with stuff that's right up his alley? I, I know. All, I know. All of the celebrity news. And he had no I, clue. He didn't is, even know what we were talking about. This is a Rob Vogel segment. I know. We'll come back and talk some more about firsts this weekend. Oh, weekend. What does that mean, of course? That means... We have oh, certain categories yeah. that we also have to. Yeah, we got rid of that you. segment too while you were gone. A lot of segments we'll here. We got rid of. We got more Dr. J and myself. Yeah, we know where that's going to head. That's, that's coming up next. Um, Lucas in the morning. There were so many cool moments, you know, walking up to every tee box and every green, and you know, uh, just the qualifier itself, you know, was a huge uh thing for me you know just that i made it you know it was a relief that i wanted to be here so bad and then uh and then the reception and all the the support i got all week long was was unbelievable so it was it was really cool steve stricker welcome back to lucas in the morning with vogel and dr j our question to you today is what did you think of the fox coverage of the u.s open Rhino Alberts tweeted, I would rather watch Fox cover chess than golf. Worst major coverage of the last 20 years, easily. So if you have an opinion one way or another, likes, dislikes, just send me out a tweet at Lucas at Large. Lucas at Large, what you think of Fox's coverage. My main, my main disagreement with the way the tournament was handled is I couldn't identify all the voices that were talking to me. I, I kind of knew Curtis Strange, kind of. I kind of could tell... Joe Buck most of the time, but the other voices that chimed in, I had no idea who it was that was telling me something that I should know. Well, Paul Azinger is well-known to golf fans, not just because of I his know golfing Azinger. career, I know but as people, a broadcaster as well. separate the voices. Yeah, so, so Zinger, they, they have a lot, no doubt about it. And I wouldn't go as far as to say it's the worst coverage in the last 20 years because Fox has done this for a couple of years, and their first year was awful. Uh, so <laughs> there, there's a lot of bad things about Fox's coverage, some very good things as well. Uh, it's still just disconcerting to see it on Fox because it feels different right off the bat because NBC had the coverage for so long and did such a great job with it. And just from their theme music to everything, that was, and Johnny Miller on the broadcast, that has been the U.S. Open for the past, whatever, 20 years since they got it away from ABC. So it feels different. I also don't want it to bury the lead, which was the tournament. It was the first ever Wisconsin uh, hosting a U.S. Open, the event and how it all played out and all that. Because Fox's coverage aside, it was still the U.S. Open. It was still yeah, but I didn't get a chance to go. Up. My point of view is not everybody got a chance to go up there to experience the tournament. So their only outlet is to view the tournament, right? And if they left watching that tournament, felting empty by the coverage, that's the impact. Sure, but it's not the major impact. The bigger no. one is the fact that the U.S. Open was here in Wisconsin. The bigger and we impact all got to watch was... It. What the, about the course? We talked, how many weeks did we talk about We knew Fox's... There's the point. We knew Fox's coverage was going to stink, and we were going to be having... No, no, it was we the didn't same, necessarily. Sure we did. It was the same way last year. It was the I same went into way the year before. Without, I didn't have any preconceived notion that it was going to be terrible coverage. I just wish they would have 
done better in certain areas of their coverage. I'm not going to nitpick them but on why? everything. It was no different. It was no different. It was actually only it was slightly better than the previous years. Each year it's gotten a little bit better. It's still not what you want. It's still not what you're used to. Whether it was CBS's golf well, coverage Dr. or Jay, the previous. Did you watch any of it? I'm not even sure you watched any of it. I did. Yeah. I mean, what did you think? I, don't, I think some of the there are some of the problems with Fox's broadcast of the U.S. Open is just that it. I think it's the behind the scenes stuff. There's just there's too much going on. There's too much to look at. They're constantly cutting away to uh, little like highlights. But there's like the the 4K cutaway where they they do some slow mo shot with some guy. Uh, there, there's constant colors of the the ball tracker. Just just show the golf. Well, what hurt them more than anything on Sunday was they had no suspense. They had no drama. Y- yeah, there I, was I mean, no compelling storyline yeah. at the end beyond Kepka uh, breaking a record for the lowest uh, score to par ever. In a U.S. Open. And that leads to the real question, if you want the lead, about burying the lead. It was, of course, too easy with the lack of win, consistent win. Did it make a U.S. Open course way too easy? Or do you, do you feel like you'd rather see the better golfers shoot well? Or we're all accustomed and conditioned seeing U.S. Open torture, right? Carnage. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned that the Fox's coverage is not what we're used to seeing. Neither was this U.S. Open what we're used to seeing so okay when it becomes it? a U.S. Open. Um, yeah, it, it, I would be okay with it if it had some drama. It didn't have the no. drama that we wanted on the back nine. As long as it would have had that, it felt like a, it felt a bit like a combination of a John Deere Classic and a PGA Championship because there were a couple. Yeah, you of almost thought you went to the U.S. Open in Aaron Hills and GMO broke out. Right, because, you know, Brian Harmon is a name I know from the John Deere Classic. He's contended there before. I've seen him battle with Steve Stricker, who was on the leaderboard as well, uh, who had a, a strong showing as well from the G, uh, from not only from the GMO, but from the John Deere Classic. So there were a bunch of those names where if you took the average fan, if they flipped on the John Deere come July, they wouldn't recognize most of those names. Same case was going to be for this uh, U.S. Open. Now, that said, though, the U.S. Open is littered with past champions who it was a one and done. It was their claim to fame. They never went on to be a um, top 10, top 15 player and contend in lots of other major championships or win others as well. There's a lot of Steve Joneses in the world who are on the U.S. Open leaderboard who don't ever show up anywhere else uh, and have that kind of Were you disappointed when the leaders went out early? When the the world leaders, the one, two, and three ranked golfers weren't around on Saturday and Sunday? And that was the other thing to say. Th- whose fault is that? That's no fault of no, the it, golf course or of Fox's coverage no. or you know the weather. That's the players in their game. That's Jordan Spieth's issue for not really being a contender uh, during the week. It's Dustin Johnson's fault for not making the cut. Phil Mickelson for going home and being with his family. Fine. That's well, it's a total curveball because oh. you figured this course laid out well for him. Yeah, for all those, those bombers. And it did in a sense because when you look at the stats at Brooks Kepka, what did he do? He led in driving distance, and he led in driving accuracy. Two numbers, especially the driving accuracy for 86%. him. 86%. That was way beyond what his normal stats are. He's about just over 50%. He's like a 56% in hitting fairways. So the pro- pro- the biggest problem with the, the fairways and the golf course and the setup was that the rough. They made those fairways so wide, which because of wind and the way that the, the slopes are. Because you're fairways. assuming it's going to be windy, right? More so often than not. And uh, the the other thing that didn't materialize and was I think misunderstood by some, including Dr. J over here and others, 
who felt that Kevin Na was, you know, justified and that Kevin Na got revenge because he'd made that video about Whoa. look at the ball rolling Whoa. in the fescue and then what did Kevin Na do? He opened like the four- Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Or under par as a contender. Well, it, it was easy, Kevin Na. It wasn't, uh, you know, overly rough. The rough wasn't a, a killer because you had to hit it way offline to even find that stuff. So it didn't turn out to be this killer U.S. Open that everybody was Here's what about. Steve Stricker had to say. He said that uh, he would want to change a few things about the course itself. And here's Stricker's own words, quoting. I maybe, got the sound if you want. Oh, you got to, it? Uh, Let's listen. Yeah. It's even better here, than me in reading it. I'd like to see the fescue a little bit thinner um, and the fairways a little bit narrower. So, you know, it's not a full shot penalty for hitting it in the fescue, but it's going to be harder to hit the fairways kind of thing. Um, some places it's just too thick and, and too penal. All right. It goes back to the core question. How do you want the U.S. Open to play? tougher than all get out where everybody's complaining that it's too tough or a little bit too easy where some people are complaining that you shouldn't have these types of scores under par in a U.S. Open. Just like what we were talking about, the co- the television covers the broadcast, broadcast, it's not what we're used to. So what do I want? Maybe a little hybrid. What am I used to? I used to seeing that grinding out in par really meant something because, you you know, a great sa- a par save was as you know big in this tournament as other championships with a birdie because you needed to get that. And a couple under par at least um, was a contending score, if not a winning score. This was too much of a birdie. Festus is guys, you know, more guys double digit under par in this U.S. Open than like in all the others combined. Uh, that's crazy. The 63, you know, that was shot by Justin Thomas on Saturday. It was a beautiful round. Yeah, those were great rounds, and th- those are, are fun, but they were... Um, there was too many of them, and the course was, you know, too, a par five to start, a par five to finish. Those are un-U.S. But the variable things. was the wind, and on Sunday, yeah. when it was gusting pretty strong, mm-hmm. first 32 golfers, only four broke par. Of the first 32 golfers, only four broke par, only one was under 70 because of the windy conditions. And so it changes the whole course and that's what the designers had in mind but there was no win the first three days and you saw what happened we're used to seeing the masters having the back nine and the birdie fest and the big cheers and the roars that can happen there the u.s open you've heard annie north talk about this on this program it's a grind it's a test of survival that's that's how it has been it wasn't this weekend right and it's it's okay that they wanted to put some uh some more cheering into the u.s open and a few more birdies that's fine and you're right, they can't control the weather. But I don't think that weather. was by design either, right? They thought this was going to be a tough 
a tough challenge of golf if, if, if the wind would have blown all four days. They did, and, and they got some rain, and even during the tournament got some rain overnight that, uh, that well, you know, that softened things up a bit. So you've got that storyline. I don't know if you heard about the E. coli issue, the blimp crashing issue. It wasn't Dustin a Johnson and the penalty. A spectator died from a heart a attack. spectator died. None of those so things are controllable. other things, you know, that at least the golf course wasn't the oh, story the in a total reviews. negative fashion no, no, no. like they've We're had not in the saying past. that. We're right. just saying that the scores were lower than anyone anticipated for a US Open because the lack of wind, uh, great reviews of the course from every golfer bar none, uh, great reviews of the state of Wisconsin because the exposure was priceless. I mean, a couple of times when I was watching on Saturday in a beautiful um Pictures of Madison, various cities, mm-hmm. the overall countryside. I mean, you can't you can't buy that yeah, with Holy Hill in the background there. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was, you know, visually it, w- it was cool. The course was interesting and different, but there were some things, some tweaks that I even heard from golfers about changing par four distances. You know, Brando Chambly from the Golf Channel even suggested you have to make these courses eight thousand yards or longer. Now, length means nothing to these. Oh, guys. it doesn't mean anything. You can't. But they, how about one hundred and fifty pound Brian Harmon was there until the bitter end. Right. Well, he hits the ball a long way. I mean, Brooks Kepka hit a three wood that went three hundred and seventy some yards. Well, his his I mean, final drive of the day, Brooks Kepka was three hundred and seventy nine yards on the eighteenth. Yeah, and it's you three twenty two was his average. Yeah, unless you're going to really shrink the fairways and put some uh, put some hazards out there that make them not be able to grab the driver, but you want them to be able to hit the driver. But three hundred and seventy nine yards is a long way. All right, we'll talk a little bit about the AmFam a little bit later in this hour, but when we come back, why are the Brewers still in first place? You have an answer for me? Why are the Brewers still in first place? I'm not complaining, mind you, but I want to know why. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Nelson deals, and he struck him out! Jimmy Nelson goes the distance! And the Brewers win 2-1. to one. They win the series. First time in his career, Nelson, a finisher. Brian Anderson on the call. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. That's a first, as you just heard from B.A. First time in his career that he finished what he started. First career complete game. Man, he was good yesterday. 118 pitches. He won strikes. Gave up six hits. Two walks, ten. The 10 Ks versus the two walks is what makes the difference in Jimmy Nelson and why he can he can extend and pitch deeper into games. And and they needed it too because the Brewers bullpen was a little bit worn out. Thankfully, Oliver Drake and Jared Hughes were not available. Um, thankfully, uh, Council didn't have to go to his bully at all because of Nelson's victory, two to one over the Padres. A couple more home runs: Hernan Perez and Manny Pena. Jimmy was dialing it up in that uh, that ninth inning when I was not catching all of the commentary by Joe Buck. I was flipping over and watching the. Uh, what are you going to get game. off that now? <laughs> yes, well, you were getting on my case for not having the full story about the girlfriend ex girlfriend comment. You weren't so watching. I That's was the distracted. Bottom line. You I had, just weren't watching. I had in laws. I had a pool. I had golf, and oh, I had yeah, yeah. I had the Brewers. Right. So I was going back and forth. But Jimmy was still bringing it mid to upper nineties. He was ninety five mile inning. an hour fastball. I yeah. think struck out one of those guys. And one Would of you the... guys say that he was a, a weekend warrior by any chance? Oh, oh! Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And I hear some more um, information, if you will. First complete game for the Brewers since July 11th, 2015. 
Any guesses on who the last pitcher to throw a complete game for the Brewers? I know Might this. Ha- oh, you don't? Did you? I won't say. That? I won't say. Rob. Yeah, Rob, Rob is, he you know? left, is he left-handed? No. Oh, a Brewers man. pitcher left-handed. Come on. Yeah. He won, he won at Dodger Stadium, seven to one over the Dodgers. He's not currently with the no, team. No, he's not with the team. He's not. Zach Greinke. Well, no, no, he was with the team recently as of he's spring the, training. Oh, yeah, oh, but he's in the uh, minors. Mm. And he was with the team last year before he went to the minors. Taylor. Oh, Willie Peralta? First name no, Taylor. No, that guy happened to. Uh, first name Taylor. <laughs> Can you get it now? Youngman. There we go. There you go. Thank you. That uh, makes that makes Robin. So that I'm was a f- do some stupid <laughs> <laughs> weekend wiener. Oh yeah. No, Thank you very no, much for that. No, that was good no, on your part. No. You're back no, in my good graces. No. All right. So the the last time a Brewers pitcher threw a complete game at Miller Park was 2014, and oh. another. Uh, one of Rob Vogel's favorite starting pitchers was credited with that complete game. Kyle Loesch. Oh, about yeah. That? Former, uh, Kyle Loesch. And St. Louis Cardinal, uh, among other teams. All right, so why are the Brewers so good? Why are they in first place? And why well, do they keep winning? Now, tell me this. This is something right up your alleys. Why, why do they keep winning on Father's Day and they can't win on Mother's Day? Oh, my gosh. Do you realize <laughs> Are that? you going to make that a thing that, now? That was wait, their, wait, that wait, was wait, their wait. They hate their mothers. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Bill Hall. They, have, they have one of the best Mother's Day records in all of baseball. I do. That's why. So why do they keep winning on Father's Why do they keep winning on Mother's Day and uh, they haven't been winning on Father's there, Day? Because the Brewers, you know, right, hate so men. Their Mother's Day winning percentage is 63%. They win 63% of the games they play on Mother's Day. On Father's Day, yesterday was only the 19th win in 51 tries. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, well, as Matt Holliday was quoted as saying yesterday after hitting home run, it tr- truly proves that I love my mother and father more than everybody else. His success on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Uh, so obviously, uh, do you? You're filling out cards for your <laughs> so, dad. Shh, shh. He might listen to the shh. podcast of this one, so I don't want to. Well, it's know on its way, Dad. I'm the Father's Day card out today. It's in the mail, as this I is, always say. This is the second time this has happened. Wait till I have to forge yes. uh, my son's signature on one for Grandpa for uh, Father's Day. Uh, I looked yesterday. at what you were doing earlier, <laughs> and I couldn't believe that you had Father's Day cards. I thought you yeah. were going to read them because you were so touched. I, I've been swamped with other stuff with baseball, and I've been awful about getting out and purchasing these things and doing them in time. Um, and so I have to been clarify. Very this has been an awful year. To for me. clarify, no doubt about it. Get you off the hook there. Brewers are very good on Mother's Day and haven't been so okay. good on Father's Day until yesterday. Yesterday, Jimmy had great command of his breaking pitch. It looked like. And he was able to get first pitch strike with that and then be able to come with some gas after that. So he kind of had them off balance. And obviously, when you have any pitcher, when you have command of your pitches and a first pitch strike like that, you get ahead in the count. You can dictate from there. So that was a first for Nelson. First complete game. We had a couple other firsts over the weekend. Let's hear them, okay? One ball, one strike. Thames in the air, left center field. Cordero's back. Cordero's back. And it's at the top. How about that? And and they were hit to opposite fields, one to right, one to left, one against the Cardinals in the top of the ninth. This one helped beat the Padres on Friday night. First walk-off of the season for the Milwaukee Brewers, and then they stripped Thames of his his jersey, his T-shirt, Oh, and a wild, mad celebration. I thought you were going to start talking about the drug tester when you're saying they stripped no, they him down probably, and made him go. No, in Major League Baseball, they I probably have lots of blood and urine. Yeah, probably forced him to pee in a cup right afterwards. Then they had the uh, letdown on Saturday, where they rallied to come back and tie it. And then I turned around, was gone for what felt like five minutes. Came back and like, wait a minute, they just lost. How I'll did that t- happen? I'll tell you who's gone. 
don't know. Who's gone? Well, I was gone. Who's also now gone from the roster? Uh, Your closer. <laughs> Your guy. Uh, gas Feliz, can, yes, yes. The exactly. gas can. By the way, uh, so yeah, since yeah, you got, the Brewers have conti- and continued that? to stay in first place, the Twins fell out of first place, gas can is gone, and by the way, we've been John Sterling free for two solid weeks. That, that, was a that thing is not beauty. true. No, it felt like it. <laughs> that one, no of, one of the calls, house right? calls of the day was a Sterling uh, I don't call. listen to that segment. I, I miss that We part. had another first that we didn't get to. Maybe we can get to it next segment. What's that? Well, I'll tell oh, you what Okay, then is. I'll tease this. Uh, we will talk some more U.S. Open. Rob Hernandez, formerly of the Wisconsin State Journal, now of Wisconsin.golf, will join us coming up at 7.30 to break down the okay. U.S. Open. Like Rob. Like Rob a lot. Like the Bucks, but don't know what the hell they're doing. Anybody tell me what they're doing with their GM? We'll tackle that next on Lucas in the Morning. I really don't pay a lot of attention to it. I mean, I'm blessed enough. I pray every night before I go to sleep, and um, I let God take care of it. Really, uh, I wake up every morning and, and get ready to go to the gym. I don't really pay attention to everything that's going on, but um, I'm truly blessed to be in this position. Really, and uh, wherever it happens, I, I'm looking forward to taking my talents to wherever I go. It's been crazy, man. Just knowing that the draft is a couple days away has been unbelievable. I mean, it's been a blessing. Like I said, a dream I always had, and uh, I'm just anxious to, to get to that day and just get it over with, so I can know where I'm going and put full invest into wherever team I'm going to. That was Markel Fultz. All right, here is your pop quiz for today. We will start with Rob Vogel, 2B's 1L. Tell me everything you know about Markel Fultz. Go ahead. Uh, You're on the clock. Not a whole lot other than he's a projected top one, two, three uh, pick. Um, you know big, guard, big guard. Big uh, guard. Washington, right? Don't ask Washington me. Washington. I'm, a, I'm asking and, you. Well, tell me if I'm incorrect on this stuff as I'm going I'm just, through it. I'm just going to soak it all in I and see what you his, know. I know that his dad is not Lonzo Ball very, very good. and does not annoy me to no end. All right. That uh, the Celtics are trading the number one pick uh, because they decided they don't need any of those guys. So you're really excited about Thursday's draft? Uh, no. No, not, not super excited because the Bucks don't have the top couple of picks. There's not the well, guy that 17. I'm— Right. Well, that's not that's not number one, two, three, four, or five. How do you no, get better other than the draft, though? What do, what do you know about Mark Elfold? Uh Let's see. I was going to say Washington as well. I believe he led his team to three conference wins. Is that correct? Three? Yeah. Um, it's a very snarky. I just heard Seth Green, before I, when I was driving in this morning, kind of ripping on him a bit and saying that if the Sixers take him, and put him with what's your guy from LSU that was there that got himself hurt before the season even started? Oh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. He goes between the two of them. You got two guys who've never led their team to an NCAA tournament game, and you're going to say Not those are your two but... young leaders. Uh, you know, they should be some winners right. of some sort. Second I believe half. he's in like an elite defensive player yeah, as whatever. well. Uh, second half of the pop quiz. Tell me everything you know about John Horst. H O R S T. About does he watch Washington? His dad is not Lonzo Ball. Um, he's going to be the new Bucks GM, correct? To be introduced today, correct? Yes. Um, and did he work for the Bucks? That's about it. What happened with the Bucks? What was going on there? Well, because apparently the guy before him did not draft Giannis as I thought he did. Did not draft some other guys, and so he needed to go. Who needed to go? Uh, John John Hammond? Hammond. Yeah. So he went to Orlando You're to take the exact same with those Yes, I'm joking about that. The, for some reason, he needed to go, other than the reason being that it, he wasn't uh, Jason Kidd's puppet, I guess. I don't know. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm confused on the process that the Bucks have gone through Especially to they, name a GM. They had a guy. 
You know what I mean? They had a guy in waiting, and then suddenly Justin uh, Zanuck. Yeah, Zanuck. And what, then suddenly what happens to Zanuck? Exactly. Now? Oh, I'm sure he's gone. He's, he's not going to stick around. He thought he had the job locked up. I mean, isn't that weird? Though? There will be a press conference today. Am I correct on that? Uh, that in is Milwaukee? that is my understanding. So they will provide us with some answers. Maybe. Where Let's there are say like now. the vertical is reporting that there will be a press conference today, and ESPN has confirmed it. That's the way all NBA news is now broken. Oh, there we go. ESPN is just confirming what the vertical breaks initially. Well, that was the most bizarre thing to come out of this state from my perspective when I'm in California for about 10 days. I'm reading about the Bucks and the lack of direction, or so it seemed, in their search for a general manager. I just didn't get it. Maybe, You're, again, they will explain to us all today. You're asking me for more insight on either one of those knowledge. Me, like, You're now close. going, like, Deanna Taurasi becomes the WNBA's all time oh, leading scorer of the weekend. Your thoughts? Yeah. My <laughs> thoughts are that the Bucks draft, number 17, <laughs> according to USA See? Today, the go. Milwaukee Bucks will select with number 17, the 17th pick in the first round of the NBA draft. According to USA Today, they will take Jared Allen. Jared Allen? Did you Jared say Jared Allen? Jared Allen, wait, the wait, former wait, wait, Viking, wait. Chicago, yes. Barry, Carolina Panther. Like cow J-A-R-R-E-T-T roping and everything? Yeah. Allen from Texas. Uh, wow. One other thing that's changed since you left that you need to be aware of now that you've come back to this program, we've got a new phrase that can be used any and uh, at all times. Um, you look at Dr. J and you say, Shut your mouth. Oh. Just shut your mouth. Yeah. What'd you do, man? That is you our new phrase. Bad I disparaged the Celtics Lakers documentary. Oh, you didn't like it? And well, I just we don't need it. He We've heard it. We've he heard enough about that. I mean, we don't need it. We don't need it. Take a stand. You can like it or dislike necessary. it. You know what? I will tell you this though. As much as I like the subject matter and did learn some things about it, I was not hundred percent on board with the way they did it from a technical TV production uh, documentary. He's turning on it. No, because I watched it over the weekend, all the parts again. And while I soaked up and uh, loved a lot again? of stuff and got some nuggets out of that, I still went. It fell flat a little bit from the production standpoint. Right. Uh, in the second hour of the show, we'll not only hear from Rob Vogel on some of his favorite concert sites, but we'll talk <laughs> with Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. And we'll ask Andy, why, why are the Brewers still in first place? Why is that happening? That's coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You said it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thank you very much, Eddie Gaga. Let's start with a little Four Seasons action. Can we do that? Tommy DeVito. I'm not sure he's still living or dead. Doesn't matter. He's 81 if he's living. If not, would have been 81. I went to the Carol King musical yesterday at the Overture Center. Terrific. My wife just went to that. It was tr- what did she say? Oh, she loved it. It was tremendous. Unbelievable. This yeah. featured Carol King or was somebody doing Carol King music someone, or story? Someone doing her story. Okay. They say that Carol King and there have been a bunch of actresses who have performed as Carol King. Carol King will sneak into a performance when it's in New York or whatever in disguise just to check out how the, the lead ah. is doing. She, the, the lead yesterday was tremendous. She was on Broadway. Uh, I'm can't tell you how much I just did. I told my, how much I enjoyed. What was that unique about show. her story, other than obviously she's a tremendous. She had success some. She writing. had some turmoil during her life, sure. um, and she wrote so many hits for others before she started seeing her own tapestry album. Won everything. Yeah, won J- everything. James Taylor was a big one that she wrote with. Well, for the Drifters. Yeah. Uh, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's on and on and on. Uh, worth seeing if you ever get an opportunity to do so. Uh, Lou Gehrig would have been 114 today. That would have been Iron old. Horse. That would be old, yes. Uh, career hitter, 340. Do you realize he was the first major league player to have his jersey number retired? Wait. Number four. Wait, what was his career hitting? Or his 340. Average? 340? Well. Okay, I thought you said 240. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> 2,700 hits, 17 years, 493 home runs. Good grief. 2130. That was the number of consecutive games he played. Record that stood for how many years? 56 years until someone named Cal Ripken broke it. All right, little, uh, we got Macklemore. Oh, you know it. Of course. Why wouldn't we? Russell Wilson's favorite. 34 years old today. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki is 39. Uh, and so, question, some bit of a question whether Dallas will pay him his $25 million next year to bring him back. He technically, he could figure out a way to become a free agent, but I don't see it happen. He's going to finish his career with the Mavericks. He said as much that he doesn't want to go elsewhere and finish out. And plus, you he know, and Cuban are guys. I mean, they're boys. It'll be his 20th season. I didn't realize that the record for NBA players as far as longevity is like 21 years. And there are three players who hit that mark. He was Robert so Parrish. Listen to this. Robert Parrish, yep, the Chief. Kevin Willis, and Kevin Garnett. No one, no one's ever played more than 21 years in the NBA. Is that is that a fact, or is that? I'm fiction? trying to think of other old players that have played for a long time. Like, it makes it. sense. It's a Jason Terry's been around for like 43 years in the Seems league, like right? It, doesn't it? it does seem like. Oh, this is for Rob Andringa, butthead. Earth, wind, and fire. Larry Dunn, 64. Larry Dunn, 64. Oh, here we go. Uh, Did you go to there, the uh, exhibition game on Saturday? At, uh, oh, the Blake Je- the Jeffrey yeah. on Classic. It's the first year that I missed it. I was unable to because of uh, it was my uh, son's we'll birthday get party. Some details from Brian Posick coming up. I'm sure. Yeah, we were going to take my kid to the birthday party, but he decided he wanted to go to Rock and Jump and said, you know, go figure those ten year olds. Yeah, go. But figure. we did have AJ Degenhardt on the program last week. Okay, Great team race. Yeah, really a sad story, but the way he's competing and challenge by this challenge, how tough it is for him. Um, you got to admire him. And good on his, his teammates courage. and all former well, Badger hockey players who rallied to try to raise some money to help a, a him. Here's problem I have with broadcast. Oh, boy. Someone said during the time I watched the U.S. Open, well, that was, he showed a lot of courage on that putt. No, that's not courage. 
Go read the A.J. Degenhart story. You want courage. True. Come on. All right. Yep. It's break. In, a, in a golfing sense. Yeah, we freaking tend to break, overstate Rob. things a little come bit when coming to broadcast. You and your was it golfers. Joe, was it Joe Buck that said that? No, it no. wasn't Joe Buck. I know you have a love affair with Joe. Uh, Andy Bag at 715. J.P. Cadoran, 745. When we come back, Brian Postig, I believe, will join us right here on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. Yeah, I know it's Monday, but not much we can do about it now, is there? The answer is no. An emphatic no. So welcome to it, and welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Oh, man, you don't know how much I need this. And here's who will be joining us for today's festivities. At 7.15 this morning, it's our buddy Bags, Andy Baggett, from UWBadgers.com. And at 7.45, J.P. Canorn. From Spectrum Sports. And now, let's get to it. Alongside our resident RV, Rob Vogel, he's back and he's a jackass. Uh, Wait a minute. I mean, he's back and he's jacked. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Mike Lucas. I've always said it takes one to know one. Always takes one to know one, donkey to donkey, if you know what I'm saying. What was that little biz over donkey there? Donkey noise. Oh, that was Posick's mic acting my up. Microphone. Now, Brian yeah. Posick joins us along mm-hmm. with Rob Vogel, two Bs and one L, and on the board today, all Is day. there a doctor in the house? Nice. I'm a doctor. Very true. What's up, There all we right. go, finally. So my question <laughs> of the day was, what did you think of the Fox coverage? I wasn't real impressed. Well, two things. Let me get it off my chest once again. Yeah. Uh, Joe Buck whiffing on girlfriend. Never do that. Never whiff on the girlfriend where the old girlfriend is sitting at home hearing her name yeah. uh, connected with the winner of the U.S. Open. It ain't her. Sorry. If you're going to say something, know it. You know. So Denise Edwards is going, man, uh, t- talking to her friends today, saying, oh, my God, everyone in the world knows I just got stood up by this dude. <laughs> Who just won the U.S. Open. Yeah. Jenna Sims, meanwhile. Yeah. Uh, Brooks. Yeah. Not Brooks. Bro- Brooks and Brent would probably have a lot to say. Maybe she about, dumped him. Yeah. Do we know she the story yeah, there, Brady? We don't she know that. She might have dumped fact. him and said, yeah. good riddance. Yeah, because he doesn't show much emotion. You know, he's just no. kind of a just a stiff. Did you uh, see <laughs> Jenna, Jenna <laughs> starred in a good. number of oh, uh, no, films, don't including The Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader and the Three-Headed Shark Attack. Nice. Jenna Sims. And Sharknado 5. Sharknado 5. She's no Catherine Webb. Let me just put it. Very way. pretty young lady. Yes, she is. Yes. And the other thing that bugged me was mm. Curtis Strange interviewing Kepka after his round, uh, looking at note cards. Mm-hmm. Looking at note cards. All right, we know Please. that he took. I learned from Doris he, Burke. He, on how what to did handle you an take interview. from the U.S. Open experience? From either being there, from watching on TV, what did you take? I thought from it was fantastic. Weekend? You know, and and a lot of people are are dissing it because of the high scores or low scores. Sixteen under par ties a U.S. Open record, but I, I just you know, for us being in Wisconsin, being able to go over there and to, to watch them compete, go through practice rounds, whatever the case may be, I I just I thought it was pretty cool. No, it's great. Now, for was the it state. the greatest U.S. Open ever? No. Could it have been? Maybe because there were a lot of guys. In the Even hunt, the stars would have made the wind cut. Wind was blowing, and you know, Kepka made some remarkable shots, saved a lot of pars with some putting. 
Um, I just I thought it was fun, but I'm not going to break it down and tell you that uh, this guy should have done this or I, I don't expect you yeah, to. No way. Uh, Reds honored Pete Rose over the weekend. Did you see the statue? What do yeah, you think? Uh, head first, head first slide. slide. Love it. Pretty cool. Love it. Oh, Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I still have scars on my knees and elbows from oh, all do. the head first slides. Like, that's that, what that you, Rob. Do you teach head first slides? Yeah. I do not. It is illegal yeah. at the little uh, Red, oh. Reds. Oh. Yeah, I know. Why is that? Reds have lost nine in a row since Scooter Jeanette's four homer game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you expect? That's 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 fake. Wait, nine. Yeah, they've lost nine in a row. Oh, boy. That's how you even up things. Uh, one team that stays mm-hmm. hot is Colorado, and that leads us oh. into Dr. J's uh, tip of the day. What do you call that crap? It's a house call. <laughs> I get weeks. so much respect wow. here. Time wow. flies. Wow. Yeah. Some yeah. things okay. don't change welcome no matter back, how much Luke. wine you consume. Yeah, way to, way to welcome you back yeah. here. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll fast forward a little bit Quickly. here. We are going to Denver. The Rockies were down 5-3 to three in the bottom of the ninth. Nolan Arenado already had a triple a single, a double, in that order. He came up with two runners on and a one-run deficit. Here it is. Melanson's pitch. Drive to left field. Going back is Slater. It's gone! Nolan Arenado gets the cycle with a walk-off, three-run, game-winning homer. Mobbed by his teammates. This ballpark rocking. So that walk-off. Drew Goodman, KOA. I was going to say, that walk-off made him the fifth player in Major League history to complete the cycle as a walk-off. Wow. last to do it was his teammate Carlos Gonzalez in 2010. Yeah. I mean, they've changed the culture in such a hurry in Colorado. Yeah. And Haven't that, they? Yeah, no, and that division's wide open, which is a lot of fun to watch. You look at the, the Dodgers in there in Arizona, three really good teams in the West. And that it, I can feel that in Milwaukee, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Brewers are still in first place, yeah. two-and-a-half game lead. The Cubs still floundering, although they've played a lot better baseball of late, especially with Anthony Rizzo as Getting their lead leadoff off. hitter. He homered again yesterday. He's hit over yeah. 400. Yeah. We coined a phrase while you were gone that you should probably know now on your return and use this early and often if you like during the program with the Brewers. You are contenders oh, until you are not. I'm glad and it so, sunk in. At least I've yeah, taught you one we've thing. We've mentioned that a number All of times. All the time we've so. spent together, at least <laughs> one thing has sunk in with you. That is it. Yeah, that and to be angry at Joe Buck and all things Fox. <laughs> Those two things have sunk in. No, it's just an observation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one observation. Find I think somebody else. It was great for the tournament to be in the yes. state of Wisconsin. Yes. Great exposure. Yes. I'm just a little disappointed with the coverage. I had to watch the coverage. I didn't get a chance to go up to Aaron mm-hmm. Hills. Right. And watching the coverage at times, I got frustrated because I didn't know who was talking to me. Yeah. I, could, some, I, I could identify Joe Buck's voice. I couldn't identify right. anybody else's. Right, right. And they're new to it, though. They're, they're relatively new to, to covering golf, you know, so... Uh, and Joe Buck is too. So I guess you know, hey, if you, you disagree with me, Lucas at large. No, Lucas at large. Give me a that, As I've said, I'm not disappointed because I knew they stunk before. <laughs> Anything that was an improvement was an upgrade over the past two years of covering the U.S. Open that they've done. So I knew that they were not uh, my favorite network to be covering golf. So any little changes that they made were uh, improvements. Got yeah, another question I, I for like you. I like some of the so, uh, some of the graphics and some of the things they did to break down holes and greens and stuff like that. I found that to be kind of intriguing and a, and yeah, a they're new trying. Look at the way I understand they were, that. And how they presented it. It was kind of more you know modernized and trying to think, I agree. appeal to younger people. So there were some good things in their coverage, and then uh, not so good. One things. more question before I let yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, what are the Bucks doing with their GM? I have no idea. I don't know if anybody knows what they're doing exactly. The draft is on Thursday, and uh, I mean they're going to name him today. It was, yeah, Bruce Horst. We thought it was Justin Zanuck, but it's you know at ten o'clock Horst? they're going to John Horst. I'm yep, sorry, yep, John Horst. J O N John Horst. H O R S T Horst. Mm-hmm. 
You want something that was curious Could have been Bruce Horst. I wouldn't have known the, the difference. Golf, the golf cards when I flipped it on one day when it started. So it's billed as our national championship, you know, U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah. And I don't care who's on the golf as long as they're good coverage. But it was just a little disconcerting to hear, welcome to the U.S. Open coverage from Aaron Hills. From a British guy, tossing to Scottish yeah. guy, then to Darren Clark, <laughs> Irish guy, former yeah. golfer, all sitting there together talking like, Huh. But you could know, you differentiate? They're all good in their own right, right. but sprinkling. Could you tell who was to. talking to you? I don't know who the one guy was. I knew who Darren Clark was when he put I his mean, face I on there. I mean, I know of the other them, right. but I couldn't separate the voices. Well, I know Joe Buck, and I know Paul Azinger, and I know Curtis Strange, so I know those. And Brad Faxon's been on the coverage for a couple yes. years, so I at least know who those people are and recognize their voices. But now. they became such a mix that you weren't quite they sure. They had too many people. Too many too many cooks spoiled it for you, yes. All right. I would agree with that. Nice seeing you again, Brian. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm so no, I'm not going to say that. It's great to be back. Brian wanted me to say that. Okay, I mean, true or not, he wanted you to say. And we have yet to get any stories from your trip to wine country. We're not going to get any. We we need to get Uh, some. When we're joined by Andy Baggett next, he's going to tell us why the Milwaukee Brewers are still in first place because that's the question. Just you're one of them, right here on Lucas in the Morning. Sends one deep, and it's off the wall. This has got a chance to go all the way around. Arcia Lampard, he's coming home. It's going to be an inside-the-park home run. Brian Anderson with the call. A lot of exciting things happening with the Milwaukee Brewers. Joining us now from UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett. Good morning, Andy. Everything all right with you guys? Yeah, everything is fine. That's all right. Yeah, okay. What's the problem, Rob? There's been some changes here today from the past two weeks. Yeah, the warden is back. That's that's the problem for Rob and Dr. J. And he's brought a taser. Yes, he has. Yes. The fun and games are over. That's the way I look at it. But for the Milwaukee Brewers, they are in first place by two and a half games, and it's June 19th. Why are they still in first place, Andy? Because they haven't uh, bought into the the outside rhetoric. I think they've, uh, at the start of the season, that's everybody talked about a rebuild. Where are they in the rebuild? Where are they, what are they doing with regards to uh, recreating a, a pitching staff, a bullpen? Uh, what's the lineup going to look like? You've got all these prospects sitting out there waiting, biding their time, and eventually they'll be up, and probably not this year unless something crazy happens. And they haven't, they haven't listened to it all. You know, they've, they've just gone and played. And I think that, uh, when you combine some some uh, versatility with some with some breakout players, when you uh, can get this far and be in first place without Ryan Braun in your lineup for for an extended period of extended periods of time, um, it's 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 one of the better stories in baseball, and I think it's a lot of fun to follow. All right, so we have a much bigger sample size now than we did early on when we talked about the Brewers. Seventy-one games into the season, are you a believer? Yeah, I am. I, I am at this point in time, and the thing, and I, the my only uh, attempt to couch it is, I want to see what they do. If, if we're still sitting here and the Brewers are in first place a month from now, what are you doing on the trade deadline? What are you going to do to make this club better? Are you go, are you going to be a buyer? Because I think if you're a buyer, uh, that that's not how this season was supposed to unfold. You, you were going to be, uh, you were probably going to be a seller one more, at least one more time, and uh, you were going to, again, fortify your your uh, your farm system or or bring in uh, somebody who's going to contribute right away in terms of uh, 
a young player, an inexpensive player. Well, now your 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 game plan has changed, and and it'll be interesting, very interesting to see what the Brewers do if we're still sitting talking about a first place club a month from now. Because then then I think the playbook has to change, and the and the, the Brewers have to take a different tack than they originally planned. Aren't there really two questions and two different answers about what the, what your topic was there, though, Mike? With when you say why are the Brewers still in first place, isn't it? Why are the Brewers having the success to the extent that they're having it this year, which is the, many of the things that, that Andy just listed there. But the question is to the answer is to why are they in first place? Simple. The Cubs stink. Well, the Cubs can't get together. They were 20 games over 500 right. a year ago that, at this that, point. That would be the follow-up question. Why is no one else within the division above 500 as of today? Right? Life, is, life is all about timing, you know, and, and I think that the, the Cubs are definitely the, – the, the one thing if you're, if you're the Cubs is, is they've had – they have the, the, the talent to, to turn this around pretty quickly. They have uh, they've had some injury issues during the up to this point in the season that uh, some some underachieving players that have uh, that have put them in the situation that they are. But St. Louis is a mystery. Why why St. Louis struggle as much as it has? Why have the Pirates not uh, uh, recaptured uh, their their momentum of, of previous seasons? You know that this is that I think. Rob makes a great point in that uh, this is uh, this is much a, a, a an element to how the Brewers, where the Brewers are and what they're doing than anything. But the Brewers have have seized upon it. That that's the you know if they were floundering two or three games under five hundred, you could you you'd probably be a little frustrated. But the Brewers have maximized their circumstances and 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 have gained momentum and have gained confidence at, at, at the same time. I would suggest that as of now. The Brewers have co-MVPs, and you have to credit Stearns. Oh, don't go MVP. No, listen. Yeah. listen. <laughs> they are not where they are now without Thames and Shaw holding down the corners. You're right. And, but it's it's still June. Let's. Uh, I'd like to see a pitcher on that list. I'd like to see that. And that will have to be the case that the Brewers are going to be uh, a team that we're talking about as a, as a, a playoff contender in, in August and September. Uh, they have to figure out uh, who's they need, and and it might it might be Nelson. I mean, he might be the especially after the way he pitched yesterday. If that if that's a if that's an indicator of how how he's going to uh, continue on the season, then there's your guy. But at this time, you know, I I think pitching has to be fortified, and and I think the Brewers have a plan for that. But to this point, the inconsistency of the pitching staff is one thing that's holding them back from really, really taking hold of what's going on there. This is for both of you, and I'll start with you, Rob. Do you sense people now are starting to notice that the Brewers are still in first place? They're starting to get a little bit more excited about the prospect of maybe they can hold on and sustain? I think certainly the, the people that I've talked to are cautiously optimistic. I mean, they've Besides noticed, Mike Keller, okay? Right. Not, 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 who? Um, the after uh, the uh, the crowd yesterday was I don't know thirty five thousand I thought I heard him say plus something so there was a good crowd there yesterday they were excited and into it anytime I've talked to anybody uh, Brewer certainly comes up pretty quickly in the conversation when talking about sports and it's a hey that's impressive that they're still in it or they're they're doing well but they're not ready to crown them just yet because as we were mentioning a moment ago uh, you know they're still waiting to see the Cubs wake up or something along those lines or for the the bottom to fall out with the Brewers. But there's other stories, too. You mentioned MVP. 
You even mentioned Sogard. You're Mr. Chasing Ted Williams and his 400. You know, what he's been able to do at shortstop for this team coming out of nowhere. So I think they're... Whether well, or not, shortstop in every other position right. that they've used. Maybe that. they're not completely ready to drive the bandwagon, but I think people at least have one foot on. How about people around you, Andy? What do you hear? I think the cautious is is the word that a lot of people use when when, when you when they're talking about the Brewers around me. Just I, you know, there's I think the the drumbeat of the rebuilding, the rebuilding, the rebuilding was 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 what everybody embraced at the start of the season. Or it's certainly in the. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Start of last season that, that a turnaround could not happen this quickly. And there's, there's so much youth, there's so many new players, there's so many new faces on this team that uh, you, you have to be, I think everybody who saw the Brewers play a year ago have a hard time embracing the fact that this team is suddenly that much better, that it's, that it's really, that so many smart personnel decisions have been made, that so many uh, breakthrough players are, are coming through. Uh, you know, there's, I think people have to, are really still waiting to, uh, they don't have their foot on the gas pedal yet. Let's put it that way. They're, they're still, they're still doing about a 35 in a, in a 25 mile an hour speed zone, but they're, they're, it won't take it won't take more than a month or maybe even a couple of weeks of continued play like this for them to really get moving. All right, one final thought from you, Andy, and then this is for context. The Brewers are 38 and 33, two and a half games ahead of the Cubs. They haven't played well at home yet. They're 19 and 20 at home, uh, but 19 and 13 on the road. Uh, when you look at what has been taking place with with this franchise. At what point, is it a month from now, is it six weeks from now, would you be able to even commit more to what they've been able to do in what was being called a rebuild? Well, what are you talking about committing more? Are you talking about making trades? Or are you talking about... Uh, yeah, I think more so I, that if you're Stearns, then you say, well, we need to find this person to help us in this area. We need one more bat. We need one more glove. We need one more arm. Well, I think I think he's if he's uh, as astute as I think he is, he's thinking that already. What, what? How can we be better? And I think this next month, 
month and a half is is a really strong audition for a lot of guys that uh, especially in the pitching and in the bull, bullpen department what what are you going to do to fortify this group I don't have a problem with the lineup I, I think I think the Brewers if, if, if Stearns came out and said here's the deal we're already ahead of the game why we're, and we're playing well with with what we have why should we uh, take, let's 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 let the, 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 the bet ride and we'll, we'll go we'll go with this group. They've already exceeded expectations. Who's to say that they will continue to do so? Yeah, they're doing it without Ryan Braun. And I don't think that uh, people can complain too much because this is a pretty entertaining product. Braun makes them how much better? We'll ask you that question on Wednesday. We'll save it until then. Thanks, Andy. Okay, guys. Enjoy your days. Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. We'll talk to J.P. Cadorn from Spectrum Sports at 745, about 15 minutes or so. When we come back, I want to know, is that course that Aaron Hill's a little bit too soft for the big belters? Do you want to see... You want to see him struggle more. You want to see more carnage? We'll ask Rob Hernandez of Wisconsin.golf. That's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. I'd won once on the PGA Tour, once on the European Tour, and I felt like I've put myself in contention so many times and just never, never quite fully came together. I just felt like I should be winning more. I don't know why. It's one of those things. I, I'm not a big fan of losing. I don't think anybody out here is. I just couldn't stand the fact that I'd only won once. The words of Brooks Kepka, yet another first-time winner in a major. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Vogel and Dr. J. Joining us now from Wisconsin.golf, Rob Hernandez. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Lukey. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I got a chance to watch most of the golf over the weekend. Uh, how did you view it? Was the course not tough enough for these big belters, or was it just tough enough for certain ones that didn't make the cut? And do you want to see do you want to see t- it tougher for the whole field overall? A winning score of maybe five under versus one of sixteen under. Well, I think that's kind of the uh, blueprint for a U.S. Open. It- you know, going back to the days of Andy North, uh, you know, that's what made him successful in the tournament. Pars were great, and uh, nobody was able to, uh, you know, navigate patients better than Andy. And the game has changed so much, though, uh, over the last few years. And um, this was a rare situation where the, uh, you know, the course conditions, thanks to Mother Nature, turned it into, a, you know, a platform for making birdies. And uh, there really wasn't anything they could do um, you know, to counter that, other than maybe test out those uh, way, way back tees at 81-44 or whatever it is, and 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 that would have, I think, uh, you know, possibly brought the, the whole show down, you know, in in ways that uh, would have more damaging effects on Aaron Hills. I had a chance to talk to Andy North yesterday, Mike, and uh, I go back to the 1990 U.S. Open at Medina, the first one I ever covered uh, when I was at the State Journal, and the first time I actually got a chance to talk to Andy, you know, in a, in competition, and I arrived uh, for the first round of the tournament on Thursday, and he was really upset because uh, Chicago had uh, taken in about an inch of rain overnight, and Medina, which had uh, been firm and fast for the practice rounds, and you know, historically is one of those courses that uh, you know sets up great for those conditions uh, in a U.S. Open because it's tree-lined and challenging. Well. It turned it into the record, you know, until today, until this weekend, the uh, the lowest, uh, some of them created some of the lowest scores in U.S. Open history. So um, you just can't control what Mother Nature does. And as somebody said to me yesterday, 
you know, and when technology and talent meets soft golf courses, low scores result. And it doesn't matter how far the course, you saw guys hitting 300-yard three woods, uh, unless you're going to play this, you know, over a couple of counties, a couple of states, and, you know, on a golf course that's 10,000 yards, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to stop what happened this weekend. But one of the things, they, they couldn't have done this at the last second and controlled it and, and changed anything about it, but could have maybe in the in the setup going into it, going back years on this as, the, as they looked at it, was the width of the fairways. Uh, and that was talked about by a, a lot of players, including Steve Stricker, with them being 50 yards, maybe even more than that, wide in some spots. And the rough, while that fescue being very thick, but it was way out there, you really had to get one offline. So what did they get right? What did they get wrong, I guess, in the course setup or that they could at least improve upon in a longer term, maybe not last second change due to the weather? Well, honestly, Rob, I, I you know, Jordan Spieth said it best. The USGA did exactly what it needed to do for the first time U.S. Open at Aaron Hills. Mm-hmm. They could not uh, they could not narrow the fairways given the knowledge they had of how the course would play if the rain stayed away and the wind blew. Because as you know, you know you get firm, fast fairways, and you know the golf ball is going to bounce that that distance from the fairway into that tall fescue. And uh, if they if they had the course playing the way it was designed to play, now Steve Stricker came up with a better solution. I thought yesterday after play, and it's and he actually, in addition to talking to some of the guys uh, in his role as the Presidents Cup captain, was trying to get feedback from them about how the course played and maybe what changes should be made. I think the, 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 the consensus in Steve's mind was players would be okay if they narrowed the fairways but then significantly thinned the fescue because that fescue was unplayable uh, in the five yards off the primary cut of rough. And uh, therefore, again, had they gotten the conditions that they wanted with firm, fast fairways, that uh, the golf balls would have bounced into that. And I think uh, the, uh, you know, the, the result would have been you know, possibly embarrassing for Aaron Hills because, you know, you would have had guys that would have been trying to, you know, wedge golf balls out of unplayable lies, and, uh, and you know, you would have had a lot of, uh, you know, cameras focused on what is this guy going to do next? Look at that. That ball just went in deeper than he hit it, you know, five seconds ago. Fortunately, we didn't see a whole lot of that. And, uh, again, I thought that, you know, looking back, um, I think the USGA got enough of a sample size as to how Aaron Hills could play wet. They know how it can play dry because for 90% of the time out there, the, the, the conditions are firm and fast. So I think going forward, if a U.S. Open comes back to Aaron Hills, they'll have a better idea of how to maybe find that happy medium so the scores don't quite get to 16-under. Some people like dynasties. Those people also like the best, the elite of the elite playing on Sunday. That was not the case. Uh, did it take away from the tournament? Not at all, and you have to understand that the the elite of the elite right now in major championship golf is uh, battling all sorts of uh, ailments, injuries, and issues uh, as it relates to you know their ability to be that dynasty. Mike, um, you know Dustin Johnson coming off his fall at Augusta, uh, you know again a, a newly minted father for the second time here with the, his second son born just a couple days ago. Uh, you know, his mind was, you know, probably in a few different places. You know, Jason Day has battled injuries. Um, Rory McIlroy has battled injuries. Obviously, injuries kept Tiger Woods from playing. I think the only golfer I, that, that 
you know, possibly could have made a difference to the storyline would have been Phil Mickelson. Because I think given the way this course played and um, in, in the conditions that were there for, for the, the world's best, ironically, this might have been Phil's best chance to win a major. I mean, I'm sorry, win a U.S. Open. And, um, you know, the fact that he made the right call and staying back to, you know, uh, you know enjoy a once-in-a-lifetime experience of seeing his daughter uh, you know, deliver a graduation speech, you know, those are the circumstances. It's kind of like uh, when he lost to Payne Stewart and, you know, felt bad, but, uh, you know, Payne said that that same child was about to be born into the world. It, it just, it didn't happen. But, boy, I, I think the, the the one guy I would have liked to have seen play Aaron Hill this, these last four days would have been Phil Mickelson. And just to see if, um, you know, if he would have been able to keep it all together for 72 holes uh, in conditions that, you know, it would have been all him and all between his ears. I think that would have been fascinating. Rob, appreciate the comments. Thank you very much. Sure. Thanks, guys. Rob. Seeing Madison this week. Uh, Lukey's got a tab set up for you at Jingles. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Jingles no longer exists, exactly. by the way. Thank you. Uh, Rob Hernandez, Wisconsin.golf. When we come back, uh, J.P. Cadorin's going to fill us in on the new general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, boy. He will. I'm counting on him next on Lucas in the Morning. Joining us now from Spectrum Sports, as he does every Monday and Wednesday, J.P. Cadorn. Good morning. How are you? What's going on, fellas? Welcome back to you, you, sir. Well, it's all about you, uh, J.P., and that's why I have a number of questions I have to throw at you, beginning with, who is John Horst, why should I care, (laughs) and why is he the new general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, boy. Uh, who is John Horst? He has been with the Bucks, uh, I believe, since 2008, when John Hammond came over as well as their director of basketball operations. Um, why is he their new GM? Because he has intricate knowledge of the Bucks' inner workings and because the owners couldn't come to a consensus on anybody else. Uh, why should you care? Because he will be the uh, guy in charge selecting the newest member of the Bucks in about 72 hours on Thursday night. What bothers you about this process? The process itself, if they would have hired him right away or if he was one of their three finalists, nobody would have thought twice about it. But the fact remains that you had three finalists for the job and he wasn't one of them. Um, and one of your finalists was available. There's really nothing you can do if, if other guys pulled their name out from consideration. You can't help that. But one of the guys didn't pull himself from consideration was your assistant GM, um, and he was still there at the end, and then you decided to interview a fourth person. So... The process irritates people, but you know what? The process irritated a lot of people when they fired Larry Drew and hired Jason Kidd, and for the most part, that has worked out. At the very least, people have forgotten about the process and have focused on the actual results of the move. Well, you mentioned Jason Kidd, so the question is, is this new GM really the guy who will be pulling the strings and making the selection come draft day and making any moves? Or is this just a Jason Kidd puppet of sorts or an assistant for Jason Kidd to do what Jason Kidd wants for the moves? Because it wasn't that long after Jason Kidd was hired as head coach that already the rumors were coming out that he was also going to be the GM or just move up to the GM role and that Hammond was out years ago. Yeah, that's a concern. Um, You know, Kidd has been working with Horst in the front office since he's been here. So they at least have that relationship already. You know, you can certainly... One could guess 
that it's kind of like when somebody goes from an assistant coach to a head coach, you go from being good cop to bad cop, and that doesn't work for some people. That's a guess. There's no idea that that's actually true, but there's a chance that might work. The other thing is, at today's press conference at 10 a.m., there's only going to be one of the majority owners present. If you'd like, you can read into that as well, that there was a report that they couldn't come up with a consensus, which is why they didn't hire Justin Zanuck, who was their assistant GM. Um, so maybe, if you'd like, you can go ahead and read into that, that there's only one owner that's supportive of this move, and that's the reason. The other reason uh, could be that they are successful in many other aspects of life and have other million-dollar investments to attend to, and it's really not a big deal. Well, you've answered all my questions. Now I've got one more for you. <laughs> Do you think you could tell the difference, unlike Joe Buck, between Jenna Sims and Becky? Edwards. That would be the girlfriend of I, Brooks Kapka. I would not be able to because I'm not as well versed in Wikipedia as Joe Buck is. Um, no, I didn't know who they were before and I, I don't really know who they are after either. I was focused on other things. Like the golf? Were you focused on yeah. the golf? I was. I was. And the sunset. It was beautiful last oh, night. Did you get a paint us a word picture? Of, uh, of him hugging his caddy and his girlfriend. It was it was a good day. So you, you were out there when? Just yesterday or were you out there for the whole weekend? Oh, Monday, Thursday, Sunday was okay. my schedule. That's how we divvied it up. So you've been to the PGA Championship before up at Whistling Straits. What was your sense of this from a, a fan standpoint, from obviously even a media standpoint and the spectacle that uh, these events are and how that relates uh, to the PGA Championship and, and how successful this event was coming to uh, the state of Wisconsin for the very first time? Yeah, I think overall, um, I think it was really, really successful. I thought that, you know, for me, traffic was going to be a really big concern, and I don't remember hearing any problems with that. Um, I think the fan viewing experience was really good. I think the golf itself was really good. I think that overall it was really successful. Um, I like Personally, I like playing Aaron Hills better than Whistling Straits, but I think it probably comes off better because of Lake Michigan, Whistling Straits does. Um, then Aaron Hills, but that's such a 1A and 1B comparison that, I don't know, for my money, it, it was a great week. Um, I know the complaints. I know that people think it was too easy. I know that people don't like um, that there weren't a lot of big names at the end with a first-time winner. I, I understand those complaints. That doesn't bother me, though. You're pretty easy to please today, huh? Yeah, I guess. No, I just I like to employ logic to my decisions rather than just firing off 140 characters at a time, and that's Sometimes that gives me the, a wrong answer. Do you think Do you think they'll bring the U.S. Open back to Aaron Hills? I think it'll come back because more so than the score relative to par, I think it made a lot of money. There's a lot of room for corporate sales. There's a lot of room for fans. I think they can even, I would guess, they bump it up to 40,000 fans per day because I think there were still a lot of areas where the grandstands weren't full because people were kind of more spread out. So. I think uh, more so than anything else, it made them a lot of money, which means, yes, I think they would. Money is good. And unlike Chambers Bay that a couple years ago was a a course like this, was a new first-time place that they went to, they love the condition of the course because the greens were immaculate. They didn't have that problem at Chambers Bay. And they want to have a place in the Midwest that they can go to on a regular basis. JP, thanks. Nothing went wrong. There was no USGA drama that we're used to. You know, the only drama is that scores were a little bit low. Indeed. Talk to you again on Wednesday. Thank you very yep, much. Sounds good. See you. J.P. Kedorn, Spectrum Sports. Last call next on Lucas in the Morning. Last call this hour of Lucas in the Morning brought to you by Star Satellite, your local authorized retail destination in Wisconsin's choice for satellite services, Star Satellite. 
Jacob.biz. Another birthday, Jacob DeGrom is 29 years old today. Yesterday, hit his first Major League home run. Also pitched the Mets to a victory. Get this. Talk about your weird stats, analytics. In 32 career daytime starts, DeGrom is 16-4 and four with a 1.71 ERA. I would never pitch him under the lights, would you? No, pitch Thor at night. I think he was using uh, David Wright's bat. He too, was, when he hit the home run fact. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers back in action against the Pirates. These games I always feel are weighted heavier when you're playing teams within your division. Pittsburgh has no identity right now. McCutcheon hitting six has helped him a little bit. We'll talk more about the Brewers and the Bucks. We'll name their GM this morning. Thanks for listening. Dan Patrick is next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.